Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I am glad that Michael Borky is captaining this ship from Master Control inside Studio X in the big chair. He sat down. Of course, Rhino has to get up at the end of Rebecca's show. Borky slides in. He's about to pull up everything, and boom! The video streaming computer crashes. And he went into overdrive, shifting things around. And as the music was coming on, as we were about to say, good afternoon and welcome to Sports Talk Mississippi. Magically, there it is, video appears. We welcome those of you who are watching on Super Talk TV. Also, wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thanks for being with us. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV, and on your Supertalk Mississippi radio stations. We're coming to you, as always, from the Pearl River Resort Studio, Pearl River Resort, home of the sportsbook, the Golden Moon Casino. Learn more about them online at pearlriverresort.com or just visit them in person at the sportsbook at the Golden Moon. We've got a big sports weekend coming up, and we want to talk with you about it as we go through the show this afternoon on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business, backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do, right here in C Spire country. Good Friday afternoon, my friends. How are you? We're here. We are here. We made it. Never a doubt. No panic. Other than Brian Haydad sending that text. He goes, uh, we are working today, right? Yes. Yes, Haydad, we are working on I this wasn't Friday. sure what was going on. Which Somebody is different. had me in the loop. Yes. Working, yes. Kids going to school, maybe never. I, I, like, I'm starting to wonder if kids are ever going to go back to school. So you, you get Christmas break, and then we go back for a week. Everything was fine and dandy. They were scheduled to be off Monday of this week. They've been off all week long. The uh, Where I live in Oxford, the city crews have done a phenomenal job with the main arteries, and they are continuing to work to clear the streets. i got no idea how the streets are going to be clear on like all the side streets and in neighborhoods and everything else by Monday or Tuesday. We could really use some temperatures in the 50s. That would be phenomenal. If you guys could make that happen, that would be great. Otherwise, I'm not sure my kids are ever going to go back to school. Ever's a long time. Well, you know, ever is a long time. Yes. You can yes. always teach them. You can homeschool them. Um, 
breakfast squares? That's what you call what I cooked this morning. Is that is that right? That's that is what I that's what they're called in the Haydad house. Yes. Okay. It was uh, it was a good breakfast this morning. So, a couple of cans of uh, crescent rolls, and you take the first can and you roll it out flat. You brown. I guess I could save this for Food Friday, which is coming up later. But uh, we'll we'll get to something else there. Borky, have you done this before? It's so, it's so easy. Brown some sausage. Yeah, you gotta cook the sausage. One block of cream cheese. Throw it in a bowl. Dump the brown sausage on top of that. Kind of mash it up, stir it up. You gotta get it really good where the you know you kind of completely and then spread that on the crescent roll. That like the you don't do individual crescent rolls like you you take the entire dough and roll yeah. it out flat into a big rectangle. Then open the other can, put it on top. About ten minutes in the oven. Sounds awesome. And brother, you slice those up. It and is they awesome. Are fantastic. Two of my three kids love them. Obi's <laughs> not interested at all. So I don't know. I feel like if two or three will eat something, that's kind of uh, it's kind of. And Frances, I've kind of adopted her. She wants jelly on top of it. So a little little strawberry jelly on top of that. Oh, oh that sounds so great. good. I had the breakfast of champions this morning. Three cups of coffee and half a bag of goldfish. So. And I bet you didn't eat them with milk or a spoon, did you? <laughs> no, just out of the bag too. Just hold the bag up. Just yeah. I feel like goldfish with milk on them would not be great. No, I don't think no. so. Cheese milk? No, nobody wants that. I mean, it kind of all comes from the same place. It does, but never the twain shall meet. Oh, uh, well, okay. No. I'll uh, I'll take. You're not your... putting cheese in your milk. Nah. Nah, you probably don't Unless want to you do put that. a bunch of other ingredients, you know. So, big sports weekend coming up. We've got SEC basketball. We've got four division round football games, two of them on Saturday, two of them on Sunday. And uh, this one should be a lot of fun. What, what are you most looking forward to in terms of sports this weekend? Chiefs, Bills. Okay. So you're just going right right to game four. You're going to skip the other three games. You're going to skip all the basketball tomorrow. Uh, just get me to Chiefs-Bills, Michael Boyd. Uh, so, says. see, that, that's the beauty of this weekend, though. I'm not missing a dribble, and I'm not missing a play. I will be watching it all. However, the final event of the weekend is the most exciting event of the weekend. And I know I, I probably should say... One of our one of the basketball teams that we're going to talk about today that, that I'm more excited for those. I'm just going to be honest with you, I'm not. I am so looking forward to Chiefs Bills, um, and you've got a lot. I mean, th- these games there's big lines as we've talked about. You know how the NFL works. Somebody's getting upset. It's going to happen. And we talked about Dak Prescott yesterday with a lack of postseason success narrative. Lamar Jackson's got one too. And he's going to win the MVP this year, so people kind of haven't talked about it, but he needs to have a good playoff before people start writing narratives about him, too. Now, they also said he wasn't a great passer, and he's top 10 in every meaningful passing statistic and has been for quite some time, but still, he's he's got to make a run here, too, to get people to stop talking or to not talk about that with him. So, you got a Josh Allen narrative. You've got Ken Mahomes went on the road in the playoffs. You've got can Lamar be this guy? You've got the Baker Mayfield story. You've got the Detroit story. There's all there's all kinds of stuff around these NFL games. So I'm in. Yeah, Lamar Jackson. 
what was it, against Tennessee a couple of years ago, the Titans, where they were kind of a prohibitive favorite, but that's when Derrick Henry was on that tear where he was just going crazy. Am I am I remembering that correctly? Didn't the Titans win that game a couple of seasons ago, two or three years ago? Or did Baltimore actually win that game, and that's when the, the run for the Titans came to an end? I think you were on it the first time. Yeah. But Lamar, I mean... The Titans went to the AFC Championship game one year. Yeah. That's right. Like, three seasons ago, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we we said the, the stat with Dak, 2-5 and five is Dak Prescott in playoff games. Lamar's 1-3. and three. Yeah. He's only got one. And they are a prohibitive favorite in this game tomorrow against the Houston Texans. Nine-and-a-half-point favorite at home. It's a game you're supposed to win. Right, it's a game you, you need to win. It's a game you're supposed to win, but it is kind of a similar situation. weren't the, um, weren't the Cowboys like a touchdown favorite last week against Green Bay? Isn't that right? Nine, seven, seven and a half. Yeah, it was more. Oh, was it? Okay, it was nine. Yeah. You know, Bruce really liked underdogs last week when we talked to him about the NFL games. I'll be interested to hear what Bruce Marshall's got to say about these games this weekend because again, you got some big lines, especially in the in the Saturday games with the Texans getting nine and a half. The Packers getting nine and a half at uh, San Francisco. Is that the one where the favorite is most likely to cover that big number? I think so. You, you think the magic carpet yeah. ride comes to an end for, for Jordan Love and Green Bay this weekend? I do. I do. I, I, I think that... I think the Lions are probably the best bet this weekend, just because I feel like the Buccaneers. I don't. I don't still see them doing much more. But yeah, the 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 49ers are probably going to win this game pretty easily too. I feel like the NFC are, are easier, are much 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 easier to call than these AFC games. You know what we need to see though, and we'll talk about all these games throughout the day. So forgive me for bouncing around, but uh, the the first time that I'm excited about the Taylor Swift storyline is what they're going to do to protect her from Bill's Mafia? Like, are they going to have to airlift her into the stadium? Could you imagine Taylor Swift walking through the tailgate areas to go to the game at Buffalo? Those people, because they uh, they have traditions there. One of them is jumping off of cars onto flaming tables. Right. Um, another one, though, is people will take almost all of their clothes off and let people just squirt them with ketchup and mustard bottles and cover their entire body. If Taylor Swift walks through that tailgate area, regardless of the security she's got, she's getting sprayed with ketchup. I have a question. <laughs> I, I have a question. Did they then remove the ketchup and the mustard before they go to the game? I, it's Buffalo. You, probably not. Do you just go into the game shirtless with ketchup and mustard all over you? Do you leave the ketchup and mustard on you and put your clothes back on so that you're like squishing around condiment style? You probably for the remainder you of the just day. Bring some moist towelettes and, and wipe yourself down as best you can. Give yourself like, a little bit of a bath. Dude wipes should be a sponsor for the uh, for the Buffalo Bills Mafia. Ugh. I want I I need a camera on Taylor Swift walking through the Bills Mafia. I need that more than I need air to breathe. Taylor Swift might have more security than the sitting president of the United States. <laughs> I don't I'll especially there. Dollars to the charity of her choice if she goes through a table. 
Hmm. <laughs> More coming up with you, Sports Talk Mississippi. Just getting started on this Friday. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices on Super Talk Mississippi. being at Starkville tomorrow for my first in-person look at uh, at Mississippi State. Certainly watched them a number of times. Hey, Dad, digging a little bit on Josh Hubbard and have stumbled across a, uh, a note that I'm having trouble wrapping my mind around. So this is according to Elias, which is like the Sports Bureau of Stats and Info stuff. Josh Hubbard is one of two Power 6 players to average at least 14 points per game off the bench going back to the 2005-2006 season. That means over the last 18 years, he's only the second player to average 14 points a game coming off the bench when you factor in the SEC, the ACC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, the Pac-12, and the Big East? Evidently so. That is hard to believe. I would love to know who the other one is. Yeah. I'm going to get an answer to that. Yeah, it's got to be somebody from like a... a Duke or a, a North Carolina or some, some some somebody who played for some loaded team, maybe, or, or one of those players that didn't start a game, but he was the first player in every single game, and he just was more comfortable in a sixth man role and played for Villanova or UConn or, or somebody like that. I I had to dig on that a little bit more. That's a that's a crazy number. This season has been special for Josh Hubbard. Two times he's been SEC Freshman of the Week. The last two guys to do that at Mississippi State turned out to be pretty good. Q Weatherspoon in the 2015-16 season, and then Reggie Perry in the 18-19 season. He leads SEC Freshman in scoring. The 244 points that he has scored so far this season are already fifth most for a freshman through 17 games. I mean, it's just like one number after another after another. He's been really, really good. Yeah. And he's primarily a behind-the-arc player. 61% of his made shots and 66% of his attempted shots or threes. Yeah, it, 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 it'd be difficult to imagine what Mississippi State would be right now without him. You know, when you consider the way his recruitment went, signing with Ole Miss, and then getting out of his letter of intent after the the firing of Kermit Davis. I mean, that's a that's a that's a big thing for Mississippi State that yeah. they were able to get Josh Hubbard because without him, I don't know where they would be right now. I wonder how he would have fit into what Ole Miss is doing. 
I mean, well, I think he fits into what anybody is doing well, given... Aren't they the leading three-point shooting team in the conference? Yeah. So then, yeah, I think he fit in just fine. Yeah. Um, And as his percentage goes up, and and you have to believe he's the type guy that's going to continue to work, and he's going to become a more accurate three-point shooter. Right now, he's a volume three-point shooter, 125 three-point attempts. He's hitting 37%. He pushes that number up to 40-41%. He is he's already a problem. He becomes a big problem for opposing teams if he's shooting 41% from behind the arc as a volume three-point shooter. That's that's good stuff. Really really good stuff. It is. Really exciting young player for Mississippi State. Then that's the guy they'll have to build around next season. Yeah. Mississippi State and Vanderbilt tomorrow, 2.30, Humphrey Coliseum. Uh, looks like it's going to be sunny. It's going to be cold tomorrow, but put on a coat. Um, what, what, we play indoors. Yeah, yeah, it's good news. I wonder if Chris Jans is prepared for the weather conditions or if they've done anything special. I'll ask him about it. <laughs> we don't have and, a press conference. Let me just text him real quick. Hey, Todd Bowles has been on a roll this week. And I feel like he's had just about enough of questions from reporters leading up to this game. Going back to earlier, did you play that the day that I was out, Borky? Yeah. Yes. What? How? Do we know who it was that asked a question? Yeah, like, was it, it, it was so, it was a news reporter from a TV okay. station, and, and you had the the. You know, the heroes, the internet heroes coming in, and don't blame her. She was put in a position to fail by her employer. It's like, if you don't know, don't ask. That's what Haydad and I agreed on. If you don't know, just don't ask. If you have to cover it and you're not a sports reporter, then just listen to what they say and report what they say. You don't have to, oh, coach, the weather up there is, in the news reporter voice, the weather up there is going to be really cold, coach, or... You taking extra measures to prepare your... T- no, just don't say anything. Yeah. So, no. I- <laughs> he ultimately got... No, I think in the 20 seconds that we go from the bus to inside the stadium, we'll be okay. No, we're not taking any extra measures. Thanks. <laughs> would, it, would it have been better if Bowles had just played it straight up and had, like, answered it as if they were playing outdoors. Yeah. Yeah. We've done all we can. We've turned the air down to about 50. That's as far down as it'll go. We're making them sit in the cold tub before every play. Anything we can think of. Or or maybe not even, like, made stuff up. Like, if he had just been full on, you know, I I don't know that we've got to prepare for it. We've got a team full of tough guys. It's a mindset. It's not about how many layers you got on. It's just about where you are mentally. So, no, we're, we're really not worried about the cold conditions this week. And just let it hang. And then, like, wait till the end of the press conference and be like, hey, does uh, somebody want to tell her or we're good? All right, thanks, guys. Out. Yeah. <laughs> oh. he, I think the way he went with it was, was, was best. Just, just absolutely. Let her finish the question. Let her get it all out of her system. And, uh, and he did. Yeah. He let her so, go, so, didn't he? We talked about this, you know, it, moments you've had in press conference. You ever had a, a dumb question? I'm or an sure. awkward, 
It can I, counter. Yeah, I don't think it's happened in a press conference. I, I mean, I'm sure that I've asked dumb questions to people that we've talked to on this show before. I'm sure. Yeah, but not one that got pushed right back into your face immediately as in, this is how dumb you are. Well, I mean, other than the um, Pat Green wave-on-wave thing. That wasn't an interview, though. That was just yeah. coming out of, the, out, of a, out of a break. Yeah. I mean, just the other day, you didn't remember that Texas was in the SEC. It happens. It, it happen. happens. Um, no, I mean, I don't think I've... Maybe. Have you guys had one? Did you, did you come up with one that... Not I, like that. I didn't have a dumb question. I just I just relived the, the moment where I asked Mullen a question, and he paused for a full 10 seconds of silence before answering me. And I thought he was going to go off on me, but he didn't. What was the question? Uh, I asked him... Uh, they, they, it was their fourth road game of the year, and in the first three they had gotten off to a... They had fallen behind. And so I asked him, uh, was there something, some sort of common factor that he had seen on film that was making his teams get off of these slow starts and on the in road games. And he just paused for 10. And we actually, on the, the show the other day, went silent for 10 seconds to give you an idea of how long 10 seconds is when nobody's talking. So we had 10 seconds of dead air. And he finally just looked at me and was like, ah, just you know, lack of execution. Do you think he was I waited actually 10 seconds for that. back through those yes, games? Yes, because he was like looking up at the sky and he was just like going through those games, I think, and... Came back to me with that, and yeah, that's that's how I'm, that's how it went. That's that's really the only one I have. I for, for me, it was the, the awkward interactions were when early in his career, and I guess early in what is my career as well. Post game interviews on the field with Mike Bianco, but he he's. It, it's so much different now than it was. He still has moments. But he was not a whole lot of fun to visit with after losses early in his career. And when I say early in his career, I'm talking like four or five years into it. So after a loss, I would ask him something that I thought was very innocuous. And he would be like, no, that wasn't the case at all. I'm like, but, okay. I mean, you got two hits in the game today. Coach, tough day offensively. And it was like, no, it wasn't that it was a tough day offensively. It's like their center fielder made three great diving catches. Like, what are you talking about? And so (laughs) I got to the point where I'd be like, hey, Dan, after a loss, I'd be like, tough loss, Coach. What are your thoughts? (laughs) Just stick the microphone out there. It's like, just let him go wherever he wants to go, and we'll figure it out. Just let him him handle it, yeah. Yeah. You're you're not going to do that to me anymore. Um, but no, and that was a learning experience. And then I got to a point where it's like, I, I don't care. Like, I'm going to ask you what I want to ask you. You answer it however you want to, but I'm not going to feel bad about asking a, a reasonable question after a win or a loss. But, you know, it yeah. takes a little while to, to get there. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm. We're right back right after this. Super Talk Mississippi. Check this out. Are you ready? Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. So many things that I want to say. You know I love 
Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Hey, Dad, I found an answer to the uh, the Elias Sports Bureau question. All right. So, so Josh Hubbard, one of two players since the 2005-2006 season to average 14 points per game or more off the bench. You know what? Let's go right. trivia with David Cobb as he joins us right now on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. David Cobb from CBS Sports joins us. All right, David, I'm going to throw that at you again. So we were talking about Josh Hubbard and the remarkable freshman season that he has had. He is one of two players in college basketball since the 2005-2006 season at the Power 6 level. So that narrows it just a little bit to average 14 points per game off the bench. Do you know who the other is? Oh, yeah, that's a that's a tough one. Uh, somebody from Kentucky, that's going to be my guess. No, right conference, wrong school. And, and you're, you kind of did similar to uh, to what Haydad did. He's like, it's got to be some loaded team that's kind of like so, a blue blood. Is it one of the 07 or 08 Florida teams? No. No, it's B.J. Young okay. from Arkansas. Oh, I never would have got that. Wow. 2011, yeah, 2012 season. Never would have gotten that. Yeah. There, there is – so, nice guess. There is one player from Kentucky who did that, or almost did it. Deron Lamb in the 2010-11 season averaged 13 a game off the bench. So Well, I mean, it just goes to show that what Josh Hubbard is doing is pretty spectacular because, I mean, Deron Lamb at Kentucky, he was a highly touted prospect, a top 50 type of player, whatever. And you go look at the recruiting rankings, and Josh Hubbard, probably in large part just due to his height, was was nowhere near uh, that level of prospect. And so for him to come in here and do this as a freshman, I've looked at this extensively. Freshman contributions in college basketball right now are are lesser than they've ever been. So to to get that that type of production from an unheralded freshman in this era is uh, pretty amazing. David, what stands out for you right now in the SEC through two weeks of conference play going into the the start of the third weekend? I, I think the uh, you, you hate to always fall back on parity, but like the the parity is pretty strong this year. Like. Uh, Missouri and Vanderbilt, I think, have established themselves as as the the floor. But almost anybody else um, can beat almost anybody else on a given night. Now, I'm going to take Auburn at home against almost anybody. I'm going to take Kentucky at home against almost anybody. But uh, even South Carolina and LSU, uh, when they're on their home floor, they're going to be dangerous against everybody in this league. And and that's it, you know it's good for the league that that Lamont appear to have taken you know this year. So the the parity is strong. I mean Auburn's sitting there looking like the best team in the league today, uh, but uh, it could be a, it could be a bunch of different picture in a couple of weeks because it feels like there's about seven, maybe as many as eight teams that that uh, are are going to be battling it out for those top four spots at the SEC tournament. Well, let's take it beyond the SEC tournament, and, and forgive me for not having CBS Sports bracketologist up in front of me. I mean, Joey Brackets, Joe Lenardi is kind of like the, you know, everybody talks about him. Not trying to throw an ESPN guy to CBS guy, but he's got eight SEC teams in and a ninth team that's kind of on the bubble or in that first four out. 
What do you see when you you look at the SEC? How many thing? How many teams from the from the conference do you think legitimately have a chance to make the tournament? Yeah, uh, our bracketology has eight right now. My, my oh. homie uh, Jerry Palm, uh, That's right. who, who yeah, come this time of year, I, I cite him in like every other article that I write. So uh, uh, outside my own name, Jerry Palm's name is probably the one I uh, mention the most. Um, but no, it's uh, it could be as as many as as nine. Like I'm pretty close to closing the book on Arkansas. Like I know, I know Eric Musselman is, is defined by how he gets his teams to improve and gel as the season goes along. But if you've watched them at all, uh, yeah. they just look like a, a lost cause. Uh, but, but I think there's still an opportunity out there for, for South Carolina. I mean, LSU is a win or two away from really flirting with, with out, at large candidacy. And then uh, you look at the team like you know Texas A and M. They're near the bottom of the league standings right now. What when they were projected to win it before the year? So uh, you know I think there's a chance we could get to nine. Uh, yeah, that's certainly no guarantee. Uh, but there's as many as, as ten or eleven who still at this point you know feel like they have a chance. Do you think Mississippi State and Ole Miss? I mean, I think most projections have both of those teams in right now. When it's all said and done, do you think it shakes out where they both make the tournament this year? I would lean that direction. Uh, absolutely, I think Mississippi State maybe one people aren't feeling great about them this week, but I mean they just have to go through probably the roughest three game stretch that pretty much anyone will play in the SEC this year. And in some order, it was Tennessee, Alabama, Kentucky. Yeah, I mean back to back to back. I mean, come on, that's that's brutal. So, Vandy uh, in Starkville is the perfect get right spot uh, this week, uh, this weekend. So I think they'll be fine. And then I just have a lot of faith in Chris Beard at, at Ole Miss, and, and it's sort of blind faith. Um, and, and you know his roster that, that he put together on the fly is not bad either. Um, so it's not like I'm discounting the players by any stretch because he has some good ones. Um, but I just I just trust him that he's gonna. Uh, Get Ole Miss to win these close games. That um, you know that he he just he's a difference maker. He's a coach that you put a, a five or a six point uh, you know advantage in, in in his team's column uh, because of the way he motivates his players and gets the crowd amped up. He's 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 a difference making coach, and I think he's going to get the rebels to the dance. I want to go back to state schedule one more time. You you pointed this out. So they started league play with four quad one games. They have this Vanderbilt game, and then they've got four more quad one games at Florida, Auburn at home, at Ole Miss, at Alabama. Now, if, if the location were changed, they wouldn't all be quad one games, but because of the way that it falls, that's eight of the first nine that they play in conference games are quad one games. That's insane. Yeah, and it enables them to do exactly what they did last year, which would would be kind of fall off the map uh, early in conference play, and then you look up in late February and early March, and you're like, oh wow, where is Mississippi State coming from? And and it, it you know it should be mentioned too that like Tolu Smith's only been back in it for a couple of weeks now. Yeah. Uh, this is a lot of you know, a player a lot of people thought of as a fringe All American before the season, and you know a, a definite candidate for SEC Player of the Year. I mean that stuff's kind of out the window, the accolades and whatnot when you miss the first half of the season, but doesn't mean he won't be a tremendously impactful player uh, who, who is just now kind of getting back into the swing of things. So uh, I think I think the talent's there. I think Mississippi State is. Mississippi State has done enough to me um, with, with some of their NFL, even though, you know, like the, the, these last few games haven't been their best. 
Who is your leading SEC Player of the Year candidate right now? I think if I'm giving it out today, I'm giving it to uh, Dalton Connect at, at Tennessee. Yeah, uh, he's been he's been on a mega heater. Um, curious to see if he can sustain it, you know, all year long. Uh, but but if I'm giving it away today, uh, he, he's my my number one. Is Tennessee the scariest team right now in the SEC? I, I still feel like it's Auburn uh, because mm. I mean, shoot, I heard you on the call uh, of the Auburn Vanderbilt game the other night. You've seen them. Uh, quite a bit, and they are so fast. They're so deep. They can beat you in so many different ways. I just love the diversity of players that they have on the roster. Uh, when I look at a guy uh, like Aiden Holloway, who is just you know fantastic uh, as as an undersized freshman guard and what he brings, and uh, and then you know it goes all the way to the shot blockers and the, and you know, Dylan Cardwell and you know, just the the diversity of the pieces that Bruce Pearl has to me it makes them the scariest team in the way they play. Uh, but but Tennessee is rounding into form, and it's all due to the fact that they're actually playing a little bit of a of, of a modern offense now, after sort of being slow and defensive oriented and playing two bigs a lot over the years. You know, Rick Barnes seems to have really capitalized on what Dalton Connect is bringing by by taking the balls in a more offensive uh, oriented direction. I'm curious what you think the most important game is this weekend in the SEC. Alabama at Tennessee certainly is the headline-grabbing game, but is the the South Carolina at Arkansas game the most important in terms of the outcome this weekend? Right, yeah, I mean, it could be. In some ways, it's like a play-out game for NCAA tournament contention. Yeah. If if South Carolina goes on the road and beats Arkansas, I mean, that could still end up being a quad one win. They start to feel really good about where they're at. Um, and then Arkansas, I mean, if they're going to make a surge, if they're going to make a rally, if they're going to do what they typically do under Musk, uh, then, you know, it's time to get it started. And then another game sticks out, too, being, being Ole Miss at Auburn. Like, can, can Ole Miss keep it close? Because at this point, you know, being within 10 points uh, against Auburn is an achievement. So, uh yeah, I'm curious, curious to see how the, the Rebels handle that one after after what happened to them at LSU. Well, there's one other, and you, you alluded to it earlier. We're out of time. But Texas A&M, they, they don't need to fall to 1-4 and four in the league. They're at LSU, who's playing well right now. They're shooting it well from three. And that, that win might kind of push LSU in that direction, uh, in the right direction as well. David, thanks as always for your time. Enjoy the basketball weekend, and we'll, uh, we'll catch up soon. All right. Sounds good. I appreciate it. David Cobb from CBS Sports joining us. Line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. We're back with you right after this. Are we going to do this? Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Keep rolling. Three, two, one. Super Talk, Mississippi. He's out. There he is. There he is. There he is. Daniel LaRusso is going to fight. Daniel LaRusso! Daniel 
Winslow's gonna fight? fight. I could beat this guy, Sensei. I don't want him beaten. <laughs> Man, look at Borky. I mean, my oh. goodness, he is just. I know. We I could know. totally, if we had the the production budget to do some 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 uh, some vignettes. I mean, you as Sensei Crease and Borky as 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 uh, as uh, oh Johnny. gosh, I can't remember his name, Johnny. Johnny. And then me, I guess I get to be LaRusso in that. I don't know. So it would be incredible. We could make it work. Yeah. I don't think Johnny was as unlikable as Bobby was. Oh, Bobby's a, a total train wreck. You can't. There's just, no, just re, there's no, there's no redeeming back. character arc for Bobby. No. There's a whole, there's a whole world out there where like Karate Kid through the, uh, through the, the eyes of Johnny, where he's not the bad guy. This guy comes in from out of town, goes after his girlfriend, challenges him. What was he supposed to do? Hands him the trophy, says, You all right, LaRusa? Yeah. By the end, he was okay. Oh, me. And then how about how Karate Kid 2 starts out in the parking lot? <laughs> yeah. Right, right from the beginning there. Yeah. I like that. I like when they tie in a sequel to the old movie. Give you that, that quick flashback. Alley with an eye. Yeah. What do you think Mr. Miyagi's net worth was? It was high. There's a lot of classic cars. I mean, just if he had sold the cars, you know, he's he's sitting on a quite a he's sitting on a gold mine there. So yeah, yeah. And he had that nice house. In but the he, middle of Los but, but Angeles, so the real the estate shack you know, for the most part. Yeah, but he had the house in the middle of L.A. I mean, the the real estate value of that alone had to be high. Yeah, and after the slave labor Im- improvements that Danielson did on the hobby, exactly. can you imagine what it was worth? It was right. anyway. Sorry, but there there's a huge plot hole in the Karate Kid that bothers oh. me. Oh, and it's the whole it's the whole they left New Jersey for California because the mom was in a restaurant management training program. I'm supposed to believe these jobs weren't available in New Jersey? She uprooted her entire family, her entire life, no, to move to across it. the country to become it's, a restaurant manager? No, you, you, you've got you to fill in the blanks just a little bit. She was tired of the New Jersey cold. She wanted, I get that. She wanted sunny Southern California, and she spun it to Daniel, who didn't want to move and leave his friends, as I've got this opportunity in the restaurant training program. I and guess. he was. Daniel, that's, just, that's just, you know. Daniel was not. They could the have found another kid. job for her. He wasn't the smartest yeah, no, kid true. in the history of the world. And so he bought it, and he was mad anyway. Yeah. Parlayed that success into a multi car dealership. Uh, business so yeah and, and cobra Kai. The, the to me the worst yeah. scene in the entire movie is where he's leaving to go to school and he's trying to hide the black eye from his mom and she's yeah. like come on i want to see your baby blues he's like ah oh, mom and she's like take off the glasses now and it's like okay whatever that was the yeah that was the worst yeah. scene in the whole movie Same. borky's like come on guys seriously what no, I'm good. I, I love the off-topic stuff. I have no idea what you're talking about, but I mean, it sounds like like you you guys are passionate about it, so I'm in. Yeah. All right. Would you have let Allie drive the car that night at the amusement park? I haven't seen the no. movie. How good does she look? Yes. 
Then yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's alley with the car eye, is the car was priceless though. And yeah. it's a risk you got to take sometimes, man. I suppose. I I, uh, I suppose. Ceasefire text line is open to you 601-879-4395. Check us out 601-879-4395. Uh Borky is Johnny. Hey dad is Daniel. Hey, dad, right, that's that's what like we were you. going for there. I don't, I don't, but, well, I mean, you know, if I shaved the beard and fluffed my hair out a little bit, maybe. <laughs> I love how we're randomly getting text messages who just just send to us. <laughs> this one is so good. You pretty okay, too. Yeah. That's so good. It's great. Oh. Uh, is it more offensive that I've never seen Karate Kid or Star Wars? I'm going. It's more offensive that you haven't seen Karate Kid, no. because I am not a Star Wars guy. I have never been a Star Wars guy. I certainly have not seen all of the Star Wars. I don't know that I've ever sat down and watched any of the Star Wars movies in their entirety. But but I think Star Wars plays to a specific genre, and like if that's not your style of movie, then you're out. Whereas. I mean, Karate Kid's like action, drama, rom-com rolled all into one. And it's on TV like three times a week still. So, that's just my thought, though. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi. You're hearing Sports Talk Mississippi. What? On Super Talk Mississippi. Hour with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for being with us. Show streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. And of course, it's on your radio, your local Supertalk Mississippi station all over the Magnolia State and beyond. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. Coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios, Pearl River Resort. That's the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Visit them online at dancingrabbitgolf.com. It's dancingrabbitgolf.com. Book your tee time today. Coming to you uh, from those Pearl River Resort Studios, and we'd love to hear from you on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. C Spire is customer-inspired. Learn more at cspire.com. So, uh, let's talk some NFL playoffs, shall we? Game number one tomorrow uh, tips off about an hour after Mississippi State and uh, Vanderbilt do. Houston. Did they finally get rid of the kickoff? You send your tallest player to midfield and you bat the ball? You said tips off. I'm picking on you. I thought I said that it kicks off after... You, you, no, you said tips off. I, I'm just picking on you. You said you know tips what? off. Well, I tell you what was in my mind was Houston-Baltimore kicks off an hour after yeah. Mississippi State-Vandy tips off. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I got some, I got some crazy, I got crazy stuff going on inside this head. I, I can't explain it sometimes. Kips and ticks, ticks and kips. I don't know what's going on. All of those things. Um, Got to be careful there. You, you do. So, how, how exciting is... I, I'm thinking about quarterback playing those two games tomorrow. I'm not doing a good job getting my question out. But think about it. So, so you have a rookie starter in Houston and C.J. Stroud, and he's been spectacular. Lamar Jackson, who is one of the most physically gifted and fun players to watch in a long time. I mean, certainly right now in the game. You have Jordan Love, who just made his first career playoff start last week. And then you got Brock Purdy in San Francisco, who's a second-year player. That was the last pick of the draft. And... He wins the job last year because of injury, and then he just puts a stranglehold on it and won't let go. Quarterback play in these two games tomorrow is, is fascinating. you got four good ones. No doubt. And what, what's, uh, what's fascinating is even though they played well, Flacco put up yards more so in garbage time. The Texans really did a good job of limiting the Browns' passing attack early. But the, the Texans don't have a great pass defense statistically. Uh, haven't really been good at defending the pass, and then here comes Lamar in, in Baltimore. Uh, on the flip side, Baltimore has an exceptional uh, defense all around, but especially yeah. an exceptional pass defense. And, you know, C.J. Stroud looked great in his first playoff game, but going on the road against a better, not by much though, the Browns are certainly capable defense. Is a different kind of challenge for him. He's risen to every occasion thus far, but this is his first road playoff game as a starting quarterback. So um, we'll, we'll see how he handles it. The the numbers for Stroud and Jackson, the passing numbers, very similar. Stroud has four hundred nine or had four hundred ninety nine pass attempts in the regular season, three nineteen of four ninety nine, for just a little over forty one hundred yards with twenty three touchdowns and five interceptions. Uh, and so, Lamar Jackson, fewer completions, but also fewer attempts. 307 of 457. He threw for just under 3,700 yards with 24 touchdowns and seven interceptions. But Lamar Jackson, also the leading rusher for Baltimore this year, he had 821 yards and five touchdowns. And one of the things that the NFL does a really good job of is they don't count sack yardage against rushing yardage for quarterbacks. Nor should they. I would love to see that change in college football. Yeah. Probably never will. Probably not. Because sack sack yardage goes against passing yardage, right? In the NFL? Yes. See, I think I would just make it its own category. I mean, why could it not be just a statistic that takes away from total yardage but doesn't necessarily detract from those other two categories? Ah, that doesn't matter. It's like, all right. Like, I wonder how many yards Tom Brady and or Peyton Manning would have thrown for in their career if you took their career sack yardage out. 
That's an interesting or question. Or Dan Marino. Bet we can find it. Oh, yeah. Sure we can. I'm all in on the Ravens, though. I'm all in on Lamar. I, and I know it's a stupid thing because he doesn't win playoff games. But I think that this is their year finally. So, so I've been on the, since the playoffs were announced. At I, I thought that the Ravens were going to win the Super Bowl, so I got to stick with them. But I'm uh, I'm nervous about that big line tomorrow, and coming back here Monday being wrong. Well, I mean, I wouldn't be nervous. Not that about big a deal. It happens to me all the time. It's a very underrated. Uh, place to play, by the way. When you hear about like crazy environments in the NFL, everybody talks about Arrowhead, Buffalo. In recent history, you talked about the Superdome. Baltimore's a buzzsaw, man. There's just nothing really spectacular about that stadium. Is no, it? like it's, it's, it's nice enough. It's fine. Yeah. It's just kind of a cookie-cutter nice NFL stadium. It's NFL stadium. That's all it is. But those people, the, the atmosphere is going to be really, really good. It will be. Tickets not as expensive as you might think, though. You can get in the bo- uh, in the door for uh, for eighty bucks for a division round playoff game. Not bad. And uh, it's it's really not. No. Um, a little bit different scenario in uh, in San Francisco tonight. Uh, tomorrow night, one hundred and forty eight dollars to uh, get in the door, which still, as an NFL playoff game goes, is not terrible. Uh, maybe the least expensive thing in San Francisco. Niners are a nine and a half point favorite. Again, kind of comparing the the quarterbacks, Jordan Love threw for 41-59 with 32 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. Brock Purdy, remember last year it felt like they babied Brock Purdy along? Mm -hmm. Like early on he didn't throw it much. And then in the playoff, he was banged up there. He couldn't throw. Isn't that right? He didn't play. He didn't play. He got hurt. And didn't go at all. They took him out of didn't play. Yeah, they, they 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 took him out of the Philadelphia game, and that's when they lost. That's yeah, when they stopped being able to throw the football. And there was the line of thinking that had they somehow found a way to win that game, Philip Rivers would have joined the team with two weeks to prepare for the Super Bowl. That's right. That's right. Which so would have been yardage, the funniest story ever. Yeah, it would have been. The yardage, touchdown, and interception numbers for these two quarterbacks are almost identical. Forty-one fifty-nine for Love, forty-two eighty for Purdy, thirty-two touchdowns for Love, thirty-one for Purdy, eleven interceptions each. Here's the difference: pass attempts. Brock Purdy threw for those almost forty-three hundred yards in four hundred forty-four attempts, where the forty-one fifty for Jordan Love was in five hundred seventy-nine attempts. Completion percentage higher for Purdy, and they push it down the field a little bit more. Is Christian McCaffrey the biggest difference in this game? He's so good. I the, the the biggest difference in this game is just that the the 49ers are just infinitely more talented than the Packers. Across They're just the better at basically basically every position. They're better. So having I mean yeah, McCaffrey is a lot lot better than anybody that the uh the Packers can put out there, but that's true about six or seven of the yeah. of the 49ers players. Kittle I mean in NFL circles everybody recognizes what he is, but but I feel like in college football country because a lot of people in college football land don't start watching the NFL until college football ends. Uh-huh. And they don't recognize what Kittle is and how special he is. And for tight ends, Kelsey's getting all the headlines in part because he's dating the biggest 
music star in the world at the moment, but Kittle's special, and he's a matchup nightmare against literally anybody. So comparing their numbers, Kittle's got 65 catches for 1,020 yards and six touchdowns this year. And if you go, it'll take just a second to get there, to Kelsey's numbers. What do we say? 65 for 1,020 and six touchdowns. And Travis Kelsey has 71. Wait. What? Oh, I don't need postseason numbers. What a stupid thing to go to. Here it is. Travis Kelsey, 93 catches, so more catches for fewer yards, 984, and fewer touchdowns. So you're telling me Kittle's better? Is that what you're telling me, Borky? At the moment, he's playing better, yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. Check this out. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Through for 71,940 yards, and there were 1,953 sack yards. So, almost 2,000 more yards in his career if sack yeah. yardage isn't factored into his uh, into his passing yardage. Like a full six games, probably worth of of, of yardage. Sacked 303 times. So we talked a good bit there about the um, the Saturday games. Let's go to Sunday. So game one Sunday, the, the early game is Bucks at Lions. And if you watch that one on Monday night, is it Monday night? Bucks game was Monday, yes. Sunday night football was uh, was the Detroit game. Yep. All right, so Bucks were on Monday night. Lions were on Sunday night. We talked about it on Monday, how special the environment was, right? I mean, the the people crying out of joy. Detroit fans have had a few days to digest that and recover their voices and recover their livers, and now they're ready to go again. It's time to roll on on Sunday afternoon. Um, All right, so I told you you could get in the door in Baltimore for $79. You could get in the door in San Francisco for $148. On uh, on late Sunday afternoon, you can get in the door in Buffalo for $164. Care to take a guess what the get-in-the-door price is, hey, Dad, at Ford Field in Detroit on Sunday afternoon? That's got to be the hottest ticket. So, 700 800 Nah, less than that. You can get in for 475 Oof. Okay. 
That's that. That's reasonable. It's a lot for an upper deck ticket. Yeah, it is. But we're talking about you know history. I mean, if you amortize that out over the last thirty years that they haven't been in the playoffs, it's really not that expensive. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> you know what it would cost me if I had to buy playoff tickets every year? This is like <laughs> once in three decades. Let's splurge, honey. Oh, man. 50-yard line, $3,000 a seat. Let's do it. Bring it on. I mean, it, golf has been exceptional lately, too. Uh, it, uh, what did it, I, I think this is going to be a really good I game, really we good matchup. I didn't know we were going to talk Amex this afternoon. And it has been a great... Oh, you said golf. I heard, I heard golf. Well, golf. Golf. Hey, that's probably really excited that we didn't bring up the fact that while the PGA Tour commissioner was meeting with the Saudis to try to work on their merger, the Saudis were accused of kidnapping. Murder. (laughs) Dismemberment. The the, the same person that he is meeting with, the same person that owns Liv, was accused of organized kidnapping. So, oh, wait, what what club do they own too, hey dad? Newcastle. New Newcastle. Yeah. Yeah. So, there was that that we didn't probably rightfully so didn't get to, but yeah, golf has been great lately. Can he be great again because uh, I mean, you know, Baker's got weapons, Baker's got a defense, he's got some confidence, but uh, I mean, when you line them up position group by position group, the Lions should win this game. They should. Feels like the Bucks' role to play in the playoffs was just to knock out the Eagles. That's that's what they were there for—to give the Eagles the most embarrassing loss they could possibly have. And now they'll go up to Detroit, get beat, and you know, thanks for coming. Here's your uh, turtle wax and rice aroni. Yeah, and Eagles fans are already wanting to to ship Sirianni out of town. He takes them to a Super Bowl last year, a game that they probably should have won. His quarterback gets hurt. His most explosive offensive player gets hurt. He loses a playoff game a year later, and he's a bum. Ship him out of town. Well, in in fairness, they were ten and one, and they, they finished. They lost six of the last seven, and there's a lot of obvious internal strife on that team. So, yeah. Hmm. Who? Um. So you both think Detroit gets it done? I do. It's a miracle run. I do. D- Detroit v. Baltimore in the Super Bowl. Nah, I don't. I don't go that far, but I I do think they'll get that. Uh, they'll get the win this weekend. Golf, by the way, threw for 4,500 yards and 30 touchdowns this year. Really efficient as well. How about Baker Mayfield? Maybe he needed a, 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 a fresh place, a fresh start. He stayed healthy, and he threw for 4,000 yards. And has led his team out of the A lot of great comeback stories this year in the, uh, the league. Yeah. So, by the way, the NFC South, maybe not as bad as people said it was. The NFC South winner was just a... Oh, they're going to get a playoff game and they're going to get beat. That division stinks. Well, look at what the NFC South champion did, buddy. I feel like it's pretty obvious that the committee made the wrong choice with the Eagles. They should have put the Saints in. I agree. They would have played better that night than the Eagles did. Who was playing better at the time of the decisions being made to put teams in the playoffs? Exactly. Clearly the Saints. Corruption on the committee. Maybe you guys, next year, when you go to a Saints game in the Dome, can chant, NFC South, NFC South. Yeah. Just pull for the division. Heck yeah. Because it just yeah. means more. Yeah. About to add Belichick, yeah, that's great. 
You think? I don't know. The Falcons are, are bringing Joe Brady in. I think Belichick told him he wanted like $20 million a year, and they were like, uh, maybe we should interview some other people. He's had a second interview, though. Yeah. But then I mean, they also, after the second interview, brought in Joe Brady. I mean, and, and Saints fans, I, I get it. I understand. Those orange buckets are going to get more expensive. Yeah, they are. But mm. but Saints fans are like, oh, we're, we're sitting here keeping Dennis Allen, and they're going to hire Belichick. This is terrible. It's like, okay. I understand you frustrated with keeping Dennis Allen, but separate that emotion with Atlanta hiring Belichick. Why does that scare you? He's 21 games below 500 when Tom Brady is not his quarterback. And since Brady left, so so forget the stuff in Cleveland. Since Brady left New England, he's 10 games below 500. That's recently. So in his whole career, he's 21 games below 500. Just a few years without Brady, ten games below five hundred, and we're scared of that person. Come on, I'm not. I'm not scared. Of what if What if Desmond Ritter is Tom Brady two and we just don't know it yet? I think we've I think we've seen enough there. Feel pretty good that he's not, but okay. They, okay. Well, I mean, we'll see where it takes you us. You know, they will be selecting their next quarterback in the draft. Maybe he's going to draft the next Tom Brady. It's possible. Will he be the GM and the uh, coach, or just the coach this time? Whatever organization hires him will be smart to have a GM. Mm. So part of the reason that he was making $20 million in New England was because he was doing both. But now he's going to just coach and still wants the $20 million? <laughs> I mean... Correct. I guess having the ability to say no is... I mean, it's the most powerful tool in negotiation, right? Yeah. And they say, oh, we don't want to pay you $20 million. And he's like, okay, bye. Yeah, wait, like, wait, wait, no, Bill, we just want to negotiate. Let's just talk. No, there's there's nothing to talk about. I mean, my number's $20 million. Now, you can decide if you want me to be your coach or not, but that part's not negotiable. <laughs> you don't want me. It's okay. I can either go somewhere else or I can not coach. It's fine. I'm, I'm good. That wasn't a suggestion. It's my position. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's, that's where I am. The, the driest guy on earth is Bill Belichick, but you remember the uh, the COVID draft when we, we all got live shots of these dudes in their living rooms at their computer conducting yeah. the draft, mm-hmm. and Bill Belichick yeah. knew they were going to cut to him, so he put his dog in his seat and left the room. So when they cut to him, it was just his dog sitting in his chair behind the computer that had Bill Belichick, Patriots head coach, underneath the dog. <laughs> I was like, he is a human after all. That was great. Guys, Sports Illustrated is done. Is that sad for you? It is, man. Sports Illustrated was my Bible growing up. I mean, when it when it would hit the mailbox, I, mean, you I might would, have need you might need to have reexamined your priorities then. But. Probably so. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's some truth to that for sure. You put that one on a tee for me. Sorry. Hey, hey, there's uh, you know, there's truth to it. But when it came, I, I. I the second I got home from school and it hit the mailbox, this I cover to cover every single time. I have a, like 13 boxes full of the Sports Illustrated that I've saved in my life. Do you think they're worth anything? I saw the news today and thought, to they're, I mean, I've saved them for the nostalgia, but also with the idea that, hey, maybe one day like there's going to be a Tennessee fan and I have the Tennessee National Championship 1998 Sports Illustrated that would want to buy it one day, but
but now they're ruining the brand and they may not have value anymore. Yeah. Um, Sports Talk Mississippi with you. We've got more coming up. We'll go back to the Farm Bureau guest line on the other side of this break. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Bruce Marshall joins us next. From the flatlands of Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Every minute worth waiting for. Super Talk Mississippi. Shot to the heart and you're too late, darling. You give love a bad name. Well. Welcome again, Sports Talk Mississippi with you on this Friday afternoon. It is 4.37. That is Bruce Marshall time. Bruce joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Uh, Bruce, I'm really interested to talk about these NFL games. Last weekend, you you liked a lot of underdogs going into those games, and uh, I think mostly that paid off. We got some big underdogs again this weekend. I'm curious if uh, if you're still riding that train. I, I hope you're well. Yeah, I am. I'm actually down in uh, Florida this week, the grandbaby or Florida, as my wife calls it. But um, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's colder down here too than normal. So anyway, so it's even it's even chilly down here. Not as chilly as it's going to be in some of these spots this weekend, like Buffalo Sunday night or Baltimore tomorrow is going to be cold too. Uh, I, I that you know the underdog thing. I was a little worried this week. I said, "Am I walking? Am I walking into a trap like in a lot of these dogs again?" So that's the way I was sort of leaning. The one underdog I kind of backed off was Houston, and I've been—I was wrong on Houston last week. I thought Cleveland would get him, and I've underestimated C.J. Stroud a few too many times this season. But um, it's a little different here this week. Now they're, uh, you know, on the road in Baltimore. I still can't get that game. The Jets really just punished Houston physically in, in, in December at MetLife out of my head, and they knocked, they really knocked, uh, laid in that game, they knocked Stroud out of the game. Just in a vicious hit. Baltimore is really rough, and uh, they took apart some really good teams this year, including Detroit in, uh, in Baltimore. Um, Lamar. It's been three years since he's been in a playoff game, and he's had some struggles in the playoffs in the past. But yeah. it's almost like a crusade, I think, for him uh, to to have a big game. And Baltimore, all they've been hearing about now for two weeks is what happened in 2019, the last time they were the number one seed, and the Titans came in there and beat them. Uh, I think Baltimore shows up, wins this game 30-16 to tomorrow. But uh, that's really the only favorite i really like right now i am kind of liking the dogs or totals in the other games all right so the the number nine and a half in uh in the one with the texans and the ravens 30 to 16 you said that also brings the under in play are, are, are you are you strong i'm sorry that's that takes it to the over uh do you feel strongly about that one way or the other with that no, score prediction no i i mean i might lean a little to the over um, because if Houston's behind, they're going to be trying to throw the ball downfield a lot. Yeah. They did play this year, but it was back in opening week, and uh, Stroud was just getting his feet wet, and he wasn't the Stroud. It only took him a couple of weeks to get up to speed. Uh, but 
Uh, I, I think this one probably gets over, but I like Baltimore side a little more. But I think this is maybe the toughest game for me to make a call all weekend. All right, so San Francisco is also a, a nine-and-a-half point favorite. And we were talking about these guys just a little while ago. And the truth of the matter is San Francisco is probably better at basically every position on the field. There might be a couple of areas where, where you would quibble. They're really good at tight end. Christian McCaffrey, outstanding. Brock Purdy's been really good. He's protected the football for the most part. That defense gets after you. Why should we not be on San Francisco and lay the nine and a half? Well, a couple thoughts here. Uh, one, uh, just a quick weather update. Uh, Al Roker tells you this, that it's going to be raining there. Uh, it's been raining all week in the Bay Area. It's going to probably rain tomorrow. Uh, so that uh, I'm not sure how that breaks in this game. Who it helps, who it hurts, but that's the weather report. So be careful okay. of that. Two, uh, San Francisco has not been covering numbers at home, and they're usually laying big. Pri- I know they've you know played real well down the stretch, but they they have not covered their last five at uh, Levi's. Conversely, uh, this is a technical argument here for Green Bay down the stretch. And um, they did a lot of good, including beating Detroit and Dallas on the road in the last uh, seven, eight weeks. Uh, but their last five games as an underdog, they've not only covered the spread, they've won outright. So uh, oh. Green Bay is, is playing with house money here. Jordan Love is hot. Um, and uh, I know they've lost to the Niners in playoff action in recent years, but it's, it, the dynamics are a bit different. I know Purdy last year was a rookie at this time, but their two playoff wins last year were not easy. The Seattle game was not as easy as that looked in the end. They scored late, 41-23. That was not an easy game. Dallas game was definitely not easy for them. And now you're asking them to go and win this game by 10 or more. I don't think they're going to win it by that much. I think they're going to win kind of close. Love is very dangerous right now in Green Bay. Like I said, playing with house money, 28-24 Niners. Ooh. That's a wee bit over the total, too, but I'm taking Green Bay, uh, plus the points here. Bruce, forgive my nostalgia, but there is a um, there's a part of me that sure wishes this game was being played in candlestick, especially if it's going to be rainy. That field kind of got sloppy and muddy, and you got a little marine layer rolling in off the bay. This one feels uh, – Packers and Niners, that feels like an old-school NFC game, and it ought to be a candlestick. Only if you're watching on TV. Candlestick was a rough place to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. I'd sure rather Levi's be Stadium is far candlestick. more. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Levi is far more user friendly. Um, yes. Uh, I don't think there's going to be anything that's user friendly about uh, Ford Field with uh, the Buccaneers rolling in. Uh, that place, it was great on Sunday night. It's going to be great this Sunday afternoon as well. And goodness, those fans! It feels like they deserve it in Detroit. God, yes. I mean, it has been so long. I mean, uh, 30, 32 years since they even won a playoff game, and that was the only one in 66 years that they had won yep. back in 91 when Wayne Fonts was the coach. Um, so, uh, well overdue, and they are good. And uh, they hung in there last week. I thought the Rams were going to get them. I thought they had all the momentum late, but the Lion defense made those stands. Um, I think McVeigh should have went for it on that fourth and fourteen in midfield. Uh, just my own thought, uh, and they never got the ball back. Um, whatever, Detroit survived that, and they certainly look good. And this is the one you look at the numbers here, and this is a little bit less, at least than the uh, uh, you know the the, uh, the two games on Saturday with the spread. But I'll tell you, Tampa Bay. How about this number for you? Eight and one 
versus the spread on the road this season. They seem to play very well away from home. Baker Mayfield um, seems to have something going here, you know, and, and making plays when you least expect him to make it. The receivers, several, it's not just Evans. The other guys have stepped up, too, and made some big plays. Rashad White gives them enough of a diversion on the ground. They did lose at home to the Lions back in October, um, but um, it's twenty to six. But it's a you know competitive game, and, and Mayfield has been pretty pretty tough to put away. And these road numbers that, that yeah. kind of makes me think Tampa Bay is going to hang around. I don't know if they can win it. Twenty three twenty Detroit. Um, but I would take Tampa Bay here plus the point. This is a little – I had to think about this a little bit more, and some people looked at me a little crazy here thinking Tampa Bay is not that good. They might be right. But something about Mayfield on the road here, and they did win that game at home last week. Philadelphia's bad right now, but they got a little something going, so I think they're going to make this kind of interesting. All right, so so far you got Bruce taking the, the Ravens and laying the points. He, he likes the Packers getting the points. He likes the Bucks getting the points. Bruce, let's remind people where they can get all of your picks and a lot of insight. Thanks. Check me out online at VegasInsider.com. That should get all my picks. And that's mostly basketball these days, too. we got some NBA tonight, got a few college hoops, NHL, and, of course, these football games, all of that stuff every day, VegasInsider.com. You can also read my stuff at CBS Sportsline, Sportsline.com. And once in a while, I pop in there on CBS Sports HQ. Very good. Bruce Marshall visiting with us on the Farm Bureau guest line. If we have time, we'll ask him about a basketball game here in just a second. But... What if I told you that the Bills are better at tight end than the Chiefs? It's just a collectively better. I like Knox and Kincaid combined better than I like Travis Kelsey. I I don't know what that means for this game. Buffalo, two-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, I don't like Kelsey as much either since he started dating you-know-who, but that's just me, but whatever. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) A couple notes here. I mean, uh uh, and to dispel a few notions, I've heard a lot of people say this week, uh, first road game for Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. Uh, not necessarily true. He's won two Super Bowls at, on a neutral field mm-hmm. uh, away from Arrowhead. He also lost the Super Bowl playing the Bucks in the Bucks home stadium. Yeah, they called the Chiefs the home team in that game, but they really weren't. So, yeah, he's played on the road and won in the postseason, and he's won a lot of games anywhere. Now, uh, it's not the same Chiefs this year. Um, uh, that the wide receivers have been. And we might have talked about this earlier. Just not quite as lethal this year. He's not getting protected as well. A lot of short and intermediate stuff. And Mahomes has had to do a lot more just to keep this offense afloat. They are not putting up the numbers they did the last few years. However, Buffalo has taken a lot of injuries, and uh, they are really thin uh, defensively, especially at linebacker. That could hurt against what Kansas City is doing right now. But. Um, more than that, though, I mean, I, I, the, my first call on this one, I think the Chiefs might win. Um, and one edge they have here, if you saw Bass kicking for Buffalo on Monday, I mean, that the field goal was blocked. He kicked it right into the line. He had a duck hook missing another field goal. His couple of extra points barely stayed inside the upright. Uh, he, I mean, Edge Kansas City. I have never seen Butker miss a field goal in my life. I don't think so. I think it's, yeah. it's advantage Kansas City there. Okay, but uh, under the total, left. I'm looking under the total in this one. All right, under the total is the play that he likes, 45 and a half. So we'll see how that one plays out. Bruce, enjoy the weekend. Great catching up as always. Appreciate your time, and we'll talk next Friday. Enjoy the games, Bruce Marshall. 
uh, Vegas Insider, and so many other places, including CBS Sportsline. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Guest Line. Back with you to wrap up the 4 o'clock hour after this. Sports Talk Mississippi continues. Thanks for being with us on this Friday afternoon. Sports Talk Mississippi, Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad. Glad to be with you in the Pearl River Resort studios. Pearl River Resort uh, is the home of the sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. Um, Dwayne and Brandon says, sounds weird, but thanks for the Dallas losing tip, Bruce. Did he have Dallas actually losing on that, that game last week, or did he just have them not covering? He called the upset, didn't he? Yes. I believe he called the upset, yeah. I think you're right. Is it uh, an upset, though? Yes. I mean. Yes, it was an I upset. I mean. Yeah, come on. Yes, it was yeah. an upset. It was an upset. You know who's upset? Cowboys fans. That's who's they, upset. They are. They are. We did get a message. Somebody said Houston and Green Bay are hot right now. Both nine and a half point underdogs. Seems like a lot. What do you guys think? Uh, a lot of points. It is. It's a lot of points in both games. I, th- I think Bruce kind of clearly laid out why he had um, Baltimore still covering the nine and a half, and then on on the other side of things, laying the nine and a half with Green Bay, or, or excuse me, taking the nine and a half with uh, with Green Bay. So. Uh, Chase in Columbus, this is something we touched on briefly earlier, but he's right about this. He says the voice of the critics will get very loud if Lamar Jackson loses this game. Yep. Because wasn't it this past offseason that he got the big contract? He did. Was it two there years was, ago? It, it, there was this whole deal uh, about... It was so misreported. He was not a free agent. When the Falcons, and people are still doing this, NFL, sports media is such a joke sometimes. So when the Falcons put out there that they were not going to pursue Lamar Jackson, everybody's doing like a gotcha to the Falcons. Well, you should have gotten him. He was a free agent. You chose not to. And look at you now. Your coach got fired. He wasn't a free agent. They would have had to pay him max dollar and also give up multiple first-round picks to get him. Mm-hmm. That changes things. Anyway, that, just the whole reporting about that, so bizarre. But yeah, he got well, the big fat contract. He was, it was more that he was holding out with Baltimore, right? Yeah, it, it, that was, it was the issue between he and Baltimore. The other teams could have gotten involved, but the asking price was stupid high. Exorbitant. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, but yes, he just got that big contract, and if, he, if they lose this game, he falls to 1-4 and four in playoffs. We talked about it with Dak yesterday, and if that guy yesterday, if you think that it was anti-Dak bias, well, I guess apparently I hate Lamar Jackson too, because if he loses this game, the only thing that's going to be talked about, because the only thing that matters at that position is, what do you do when the games matter most? That is exclusively how quarterbacks are measured. Dan Marino is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, but what does everybody say about Marino? 
Everybody adds the qualifier immediately, right away. Sold isotoner gloves. You're correct. Yeah, never won a Super Bowl. Oh, I, I thought we were going another way. <laughs> that that's how you're measured. That's the only thing that matters. Lamar loses you here. Gotta protect the hands that protect you. That's what I, I remember. Yeah, but what good is a league MVP if you get beat as a big favorite at home in the playoffs? Did Did you see that? Tua gifted his offensive lineman golf simulators. And I'm trying to remember. I saw the video clip. I can't remember if Dan Marino was in the room or somebody just was like, all Dan Marino got for his offensive lineman was isotoners. Thanks for the golf simulator, man. That was a pretty creative gift for your offensive yeah. lineman. Yeah, Derek Carr just got them uh, coolers full of meat and like a new pellet smoker or something, I think. Also, well, I mean, it's a good gift. It's not a golf simulator. Yeah, but I mean, like, you got like a quarter section of a cow for him, F- filling up a Yeti, and I forget the brand. It wasn't Yeti. It was one of their competitors now. But okay. uh, yeah, it was. It was that. Hmm. Not well, bad. There's some thought there that counts. Also, you I, think I, I offensive linemen. Like to eat? Oh, yeah. No, I do love how we judge the quarterbacks on the presence that they give their linemen. That's a thing we do now. Who was it that um, gave their offensive linemen four-wheelers? That was this year, wasn't it? I don't I don't know if it was this year. I can't remember who, though, but I know what you're talking about. No, I, I saw it, and then it, it, it was like the – or maybe the offensive lineman gave the quarterback a four. I can't remember. I, I saw a clip of it, but whoever it was didn't know. What is the phenomenon with people not knowing how to ride or drive a four-wheeler? And the Buffalo Bills offensive line get, gifted it to Josh Allen. That That's what it was. They gave him a four-wheeler, and Josh Allen, who is from North Dakota, right? Is, that's where he played football. Is that where he's actually from? Josh Allen doesn't strike me as a guy who doesn't know how to ride a four He's from Fireball, Fireball, California. So not Fireball, but Fireball, California. Okay. Firebra. Firebra. Okay. Well, maybe it explains some things. I don't know. They're not that hard to drive. I guess maybe if you haven't grown up doing it your whole life, it's hard. Uh, maybe so. Anyway. Five o'clock hour college football fix when we come back with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Super Talk Mississippi. Introducing to you Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV. Thank you for being with us in the Pearl River Resort studios. So much cool stuff happening at Pearl River Resort. We told you yesterday, got some uh, some big events coming up this spring and into the summer. Uh, you've got Cool in the Gang coming. Ron White is uh, is coming. 
and the Wallflowers, all at Pearl River Resort and the Silver Star Convention Hall. You can buy your tickets online at PearlRiverResort.com. That's PearlRiverResort.com. Uh, C Spire text line is open, 601-879-4395, 601-879-4395. C Spire is customer-inspired. Whether you're looking for the best in wireless, the best in home Internet service, the best in business IT services, C Spire's got you covered. Check them out online at cspire.com, C Spire customer-inspired. Before we get to the college football fix, i got trivia for you boys. Um... See how many of the seven quarterbacks in NFL history you can name that have been sacked more than 500 times in their career. Hey, now this is up your alley, but but you guys can work work together. You can group think it together. My first thought is Archie Manning. That's a good one. Uh, Archie Manning is not on the list. I'm really, really surprised by the bad teams he played on. Okay. Um, see, what if I what like if you don't I told go. you what if I told you that Archie Manning was actually sacked fewer times than oh, I got that wrong. Archie Manning was sacked more than one hundred, almost a hundred, not quite a hundred, fewer times than Peyton Manning. Okay. Wow. Archie Manning was sacked. surprising. 396 times. Oh, but he times. was mobile, though. Yeah, 396 times in his career. If he had Peyton's mobility, he probably would Might be number have been one more. on the list. Yeah. Peyton was only sacked yeah, 303 times, though. Yeah. It's crazy. crazy. Got the ball out quick. All right, se- seven quarterbacks. Quarterbacks who had, long, who had long careers on bad teams. Far? That's where I'm trying to go with that. Brett Favre is number six. He is number six. He was sacked 525 times. Um, Steve DeBerg? No. Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger is number three. He was sacked 554 times. One of these is low Philip Rivers. Uh, Not Philip Rivers. Wow. He's 14th on the list. That's how many kids he has. I mean, Brady played a long time, but I don't think he took a ton of sacks. So, Brady? Tom Brady. Number two all time. Okay. 565 sacks for Tom Brady in his career. Costing 3,000 passing yards. When do they start counting the sack as a, as a statistic? Like in the like the late seventies, so like a guy like Fran Tarkington's probably not on this list. Fran Tarkington is actually number one hey. all time. Oh. Good guess. From nineteen sixty one to nineteen seventy eight, Fran Tarkington was sacked five hundred seventy times. So they must have gone back and like looked at film and given credit for sacks and stuff like Maybe that. Maybe so. so that makes sense. But I think nineteen I think I read that nineteen sixty nine was when the Sack statistic went back to maybe oh, it was nice. That may, yeah, thanks. Um, all right, so you guys have gotten one, two, three. You've gotten Bradshaw. Four, you've gotten four of the top seven. No, not Bradshaw. Stallback. There are two active quarterbacks. Oh, 
And then one that you won't guess. Active quarterbacks? Who's been in the league that long? Aaron Rodgers is number four on the list. 531 times he's been sacked. That that makes sense. Number five is going to surprise you. Russell Wilson. Eh, Been in the league a long time. Behind some bad offensive line. Sacked 527 times. This is the one that surprised me. Number seven on the list. 516 uh, sacks. John Elway. Oh, that makes sense. Played for a long time and was a, a guy who scrambled a lot, so he probably got caught out of position. So, yeah, I can buy Elway being on there. I guess I thought because of his maneuverability and the way that he moved around that um, wouldn't have been sacked as many times as he was. Eli, I can't Man- believe Archie Manning's is less than like a 1,000. Yeah. This feels like he got sacked every play. 3.96 across three teams. Mm. Just looking to see if there was anybody else that popped on the list. Um, yeah, you've already... Uh, Peyton Manning is 60th all-time. 303 sacks. I really would have thought that Peyton would have been sacked more than that, but he did a good job getting rid of the he football. He got rid of the ball. Yeah, he did. Quick yeah. passing game, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's a good point, too. I mean, D- Dallas Clark probably responsible for a lot of sacks that Peyton Manning avoided along the way. All right, so a um, little, little trivia for you there. Time right now for the college football fix. College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks have built Ford tough. You can test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. So, Alabama lost a uh, another player today. He had not been on campus for long, like a week. The, uh, the number one quarterback in the 2024 signing class is no longer in Tuscaloosa. Um... I'm blanking on his name, and I'm trying to scroll Borky to where you had it written down. Where is it? There. Julian Sayan. There it is. Thank you. He's Julian Sayan out of Carlsbad, California. Julian Sayan. I'm out of here. That's exactly what he's <laughs> saying today. Um, really not surprising when you saw the pickup that Alabama got at quarterback yesterday, the uh, the backup from Washington last year, the the six six freshman Mack, um, Austin Mack, Austin Mack, mm-hmm. and and people that have seen him throw the football say it is it's a thing of beauty. So are are the Alabama people uh, now upset for Washington? Are they going to go lead a crusade to get this fixed because Washington lost a really promising young prospect, or is that just reserved for the guys that Alabama loses? You know, just consistency is all I'm asking for. So that's not how it works, Porky. No, of course that's not how it works. Of um, course not. Uh, by the way, Matt Zenitz. So you, you you had some local reporters speaking of Alabama losing players, but you've had some local guys talk about how they think that uh, Trey Amos is going to go to Ole Miss. Speaking mm-hmm. of former Alabama players. Zenitz has gotten in on that as well, so it certainly seems like all of the arrows are pointing to Ole Miss getting their first former, excuse me, first former Alabama player. Um, Calm down, Borky. It's going to be all right. Defensive back uh, Trey Amos, who uh, performed well uh, in the playoff, wasn't a starter this past year. He was behind guys that are now off to the NFL, 
Was in line to start at Alabama, though, but went to Alabama to play for Saban. Yeah. Saban's not there anymore. He's not. And and there were some Alabama people that that said, look, this is this stinks in the in the short term. It's gonna be okay in the long term. It happens when you have coaching changes. But the bigger concern for Alabama, it, it's not losing players, right? They lost twenty two players in the transfer portal last year. But they didn't lose Caleb Downs. They didn't lose the number one quarterback in the country, Julian Sayan. They didn't lose a freshman starter on the offensive line at tackle. By the way, where's he going? Iowa. Iowa. That's where he's from. He's from Iowa. Oh, okay. He was committed to Iowa at one point, I think, and then flipped. He is a big boy. Mm-hmm. Why am I why am I blanking on his name? Caden Proctor. Caden Proctor. I mean, he's, he's going, going to be the an NFL offensive lineman, right? He's also going to be the play caller. They're hiring him as the offensive coordinator as well. He'd do a better job. So Alabama so far in 2024 have lost four or five stars. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine four stars. I that's mean, that's a number one recruiting class is what yeah. that is. I see I saw a stat today or a graphic today that if you count everybody they've lost, the 28 players have hit the portal, that would be the number nine recruiting class in the country. Wow. It was a a five-star, the Saiyan kid, nine four-stars, and the rest are three-stars. I mentioned yesterday that uh, first try to put a graphic out, and uh, in terms of guys that declared for the draft, you had Jalen Key, the free safety, Terry and Arnold at corner, corner, Kool-Aid McKinstry at corner, Chris Braswell, the Jack linebacker, Tresman Marshall, the Mike linebacker, Dallas Turner, the Sam linebacker, and Justin Aboigby at defensive end. I'll tell you about the guys that entered the portal pre-Saban leaving and post-Saban leaving when we come back. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. To Sports Talk Mississippi. Are you ready? On the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and always on your local Super Talk Mississippi station. guys that I was talking about on that list that declared for the draft or have entered the portal, that was just on the defensive side. So seven defensive players from Alabama from this past year's team declared for the NFL draft. You had four that entered the portal prior to Nick Saban announcing his retirement. That included Kendrick Blackshire, or Blackshear, who's a backup linebacker. Christian Story, backup free safety, and then third-string defensive backs Earl Little and Jake Pope. And then after Nick Saban's retirement announcement, starter Caleb Downs, the strong safety, and that's the one that really, really hurt. And a lot of people pointing to T-Rob, Traveris Robinson, as the uh, going to Georgia, right? Leaving Alabama, going to Georgia, staying at Georgia, stay, staying at Georgia. as right. um, it, it looked like he might be coming as defensive coordinator. Turned out not to be the case, and so 
most people think that Caleb Downs is going to end up at Georgia. Is there any doubt on that? I mean, I guess it still has to happen. Very little. And then you've it got, feels like uh, that, that's where it's leaning. Yeah. Uh, cornerback Antonio Kite, cornerback Trey Amos, both backups this year, and then third-string linebacker um, Sean Murphy and third-string quarterback Des Ricks also getting into the portal. A lot of departures. And, and all those guys were going to play this year because Alabama's not just losing guys to the portal. They're losing guys to the NFL. Right. Uh, I mean, that's, that's the first I mentioned is the, the seven guys yeah. that declared for the NFL draft. So they're losing the people that were going to replace those guys. Yeah. So they're not all. It's, it's, and, and that's why the pipeline has worked so well, right? Yeah. I mean, it's elite guys backing up starters who move into starting roles, and then new elite guys end up backing them up in the future, and so it goes, and so it goes. Too early to really answer this question. Do you expect Alabama to take a step back this year? Yep. And, 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 and what, play. Is, what does a step back mean? I mean what? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have their schedule. I know they play Georgia. They play Oklahoma and not Texas. I mean, if they go 10-2, and two, that's a step back, but we'll see. They have to go to Wisconsin as well. Missouri's on the schedule. They'll be good. Uh, the SEC schedule, home games, Auburn, Georgia, Missouri, South Carolina, road games at LSU, at Oklahoma, at Tennessee, at Vanderbilt. And then, as Borky mentioned, Wisconsin in the non-conference. Could be uncomfortable for Kalen DeBoer if they lose three games. Which is totally possible. Hasn't happened since Nick Saban's first year. It's totally possible that that happened. It is. And there's a lot of wishful thinking in in my statement there, but I mean, look at this. Look at how much Alabama had to overcome this year with the greatest coach of all time wandering their sidelines. How close they were a year ago. How many one-score wins did they have? They, Alabama coulda, shoulda, woulda, of course, but coulda gone 7-5 and five in 2022. They were on the cusp of 7-5. and five. They didn't because Nick Saban. Yeah. Ended up winning 10. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what they did. That's what they do. 11, because they won the Sugar Bowl, too. There you go. On the cusp of 7, and they won 11. Alabama, under Nick Saban. Other college football news, Ryan Day has hired Bill O'Brien to be his next offensive coordinator. Sure. Yeah, here, here's the thing I'm about sure that. it'll be fine. People are ripping on it, and understandably so. He worked for Nick Saban and Bill Belichick for a combined eight years and somehow did not win a championship. Think about that. He worked for Saban and Belichick for a combined eight years and was not part of a championship team. However, you almost got to be trying to. Uh, you almost got to be trying for that to be the case. Yeah, but man, I mean, he he as an NFL head coach, he won his division four times. The greatest NFL coach of all time hired him twice, and the greatest college football coach of all time hired him. Well, and I mean, that was going to be my counter to what you said, and yet. He was hired by those two guys. Yeah, and, and Ryan Day's no slouch now. I, I mean, 
So, so clearly there is something that he can do as a play caller that elite coaches want to be a part of their team. Yeah. The other thing is, it's pretty clear Deshaun Watson was better when he was coached by Bill O'Brien. Yep. Oh, yeah. Bryce Young was pretty good under Bill O'Brien. Yeah. Like Heisman Trophy good? We'll see how it goes. I just, I don't know. He, he he's got some he's got some pieces that there are some pieces on the uh, on the chessboard that uh, Bill O'Brien is going to have to uh, work with, including well, what is on paper the best one-two punch at running back in the country, and I don't care who you put one and who you put two when you're talking about Travion Henderson and, and Quinchon Judkins on that roster. Well, it's no slight on Judkins. Henderson's a projected first-round pick. He's one. He he's the one punch there. He did he didn't come back to. Not be number one, sure. But uh, they might have the most talented offense in the country. They they really might. Uh, the, the receiver group's unbelievable. They're returning a ton on the offensive line. They're portaling well. I, I mean, uh, Ohio State saw Michigan win the national championship and said, "Buddy, not anymore." We'll see if it actually works out. But they, they did. But their quarterback also is Will Howard, who's good. He was good. He's good. But is is he going to be C.J. Stroud? Good. Is he going to be? You know, well, if you're good enough everywhere else, all you have to do is be JJ McCarthy good. Well, that's a good point. Who's going to be Michigan's quarterback next year? Who's going to be their coach? I don't know. They're recruiting well enough to tell you if they've got a, a guy sitting there or not. But at the same time, I mean, next round of the portal might be their guy. Yeah, but knowing Harbaugh, he's got somebody. The, Sure. Yeah, he's he's got somebody there, even if they don't they don't portal. But uh, I mean, there's going to be another open season. I mean, Harbaugh, as Haydad told me during the breaks, getting his second interview with the Falcons. He, he's already interviewed with the Chargers. Very clearly is trying to get an NFL job. You you don't do interviews with multiple NFL teams if you're not wanting to to get a job there. By the way, random sidebar: David Shaw is getting a bunch of interviews. Despite it ending poorly there at Stanford, but yeah, open season on another uber talented roster is coming. Pro- programming note: This is all me. It's my fault, one hundred percent. We're not going to short you your time on a food Friday. It's coming up next. And thank you to all of you who texted and you were like, "What about food Friday? What about food Friday?" It's coming. I just was finishing that thought on the Alabama roster, and so we started talking about something else, and it got pushed back. So. We will uh, we will get to that coming up in uh, in just a second. Ceasefire text line six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. Could Alabama have hired anyone who could have avoided this exodus of players? No. Yes. Who? Kiffin. No. You know what he's about to say. The, he wouldn't have avoided. Uh, this. I'm, I'm right. I'm I'm right on this one. I feel he 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 would have kept those guys in 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 intact. All he kept them? most of those guys intact. Not yeah, all of them, but most of them. some movement. Yeah. You're always going to have some when you have a new coach, but I think Kiffin would not have seen this kind of exodus. Because a lot of these guys who were recruited by Alabama were also recruited by Ole Miss and by Kiffin. Whereas a lot of these guys, they don't know who DeBoer is. They, didn't, they weren't recruited by Washington. Yeah. 
Feels like Julian Sayan probably stays. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Proctor probably stays. Maybe he wanted to go home, but I don't Maybe, know. Yeah, yeah, just just Downs don't know the is, you know, Downs I don't know. Downs you don't know. Yeah. Um one other on the ceasefire text line. Stephen Hurley says if the Chiefs make the Super Bowl and Taylor Swift does a surprise halftime performance. I am done with NFL football. That's from Stephen Hurley. Why? But why would you be done with NFL football if Taylor Swift pops on stage with Usher at halftime of the Super Bowl? I saw a spin zone. All this obsession with Taylor Swift has taken all of the spotlight away from Patrick Mahomes' obnoxious younger brother. Mm. Big fan of that. Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. When we come back, it will be time for a Food Friday presented by Polk's Meat online at polksmeat.com. That's coming up next as we continue with you on this Friday afternoon. And I forgot to say at the beginning of the hour, welcome to the weekend. We're back right after this in the Pearl River Resort Studio. This is Sports Talk. This is sports Talk. Mississippi. Woo-hoo! I say sports fans. Now, here's more on Super Talk Mississippi. Brought to you by Polk's, polksmeat.com. I went to the grocery store on Monday, and it was uh, it was pretty picked over. And the one thing that I wanted was uh, was a package of smoked sausage from Polk's. I grabbed a few other items while I was there, and there was one left. <laughs> I was like, oh, please be the Cajun. And it was the Cajun, so I grabbed the last Cajun Polk's smoked sausage, and I was glad to have that going into a cold week where uh, the supplies have been a little limited at the grocery store. When you go to the grocery store, make sure that uh, you get Polk's. It's the bright yellow packaging with Polk's across the label. You can find them online at polksmeat.com. It's polksmeat.com. Check out recipe ideas and some merchandise and uh, all of the products that they have available to you. They bring us food Friday, and they have for a really long time. What are we cooking over the weekend? It is a cold weekend. Are you going to brave the cold and get outside and open the grill up and do that? Or is it just going to be a weekend where uh, you cook inside? Debbie let us off this afternoon. She's doing creamy hot chicken enchiladas. She used two cans of the hot Rotel, and she's got two big casserole dishes full of them. They look fantastic. And then, oh, by the way, doing cheesecake and extra chocolate pudding shots made with whipped vodka, Bailey's, creme de cocoa, and Kahlua. Well, okay then. Little, uh, I like that. 
little uh, yeah, sounds good. Dessert, dessert there. So that is from uh, from Debbie in Ocean Springs. Always, we look forward to see what she's cooking over the weekend. Enchiladas a little bit of a theme though. Jeremy in Columbia says he's doing deer enchiladas, deer meat enchiladas this weekend. Uh, so that sounds really good as well. Hey, Dad, you gonna brave the outside and fire up the grill, or is this gonna be an inside cooking weekend? No, we'll go outside this weekend. Uh, as you kind of mentioned, you know, I went to the grocery store today, and the, the pickings are still kind of slim there. So, bought a pack of chicken thighs. We'll do some barbecue chicken. Got a pack okay. of pork smoked sausage. So I'll do a little little jambalaya on the side, and some. Uh, I got some um, Brussels sprouts, so I'll cook those up as well. Brussels sprouts. Jambalaya with Polk's smoked sausage and uh, barbecued chicken thighs. That sounds really good. Really yeah, good. Yeah, I think it will be. I'm excited. Yeah. Do you, uh, do Easy you, to cook, too. Do you doctor your barbecue sauce, or do you just have an off-the-shelf brand that you like as it is? Stubbs Sweet Heat Barbecue Sauce. Okay. That's the best one you can buy off the shelf, in my opinion. That That's the answer for you. Borky, what's the cooking plan this weekend? So I, too, am doing Brussels sprouts uh, tonight to go with a salmon. I got a big plank of salmon. Mm-hmm. It was on sale, and it's huge. Yeah. And, um, you know, we like, say, we like fish. We're, we're starting to get a little bit less picky over time. And, when you say we, we're talking about James, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're, we're getting there. We're working on being not as picky as we have been over the last six months or so. Uh, so so fish is working. Got a big salmon plank. And, and I'm not going to do anything special to it because I just got to make it to where I know that he's going to eat it. Um, season it with salt, pepper, garlic. And then I will actually coat it lightly in barbecue sauce. And, okay. and it's really good. And it, it's simple. And I know that he will eat it. If I did something fancy like lemon, pepper, or whatever, that might turn him off of it. So I'm trying to... Do it the right way, but it's still very good. You know, top it off with some uh, some thinly sliced green onions as well, yeah. and then the Brussels sprouts. He won't eat any of them, uh, but just cut them in half. I'll let them marinate in some red wine vinegar, and then lay them out flat, very close together on um, on a baking pan, obviously, and then uh, season it salt, pepper, garlic as well, and then cook it for a while. Bring it out. Cover it with Parmesan cheese, and then stick it under the broiler, and I make a healthy food very unhealthy that way. But still, very very good. <laughs> All nutritional value is gone. Just gone. Like the, the, the only thing, uh, hey, that's more of a bacon guy on his uh, Brussels sprouts. Can't go wrong with that either. I right. am, but I, I don't know if I'm gonna go with that this weekend. Okay. I mean, I guess. I mean, I got chicken and sausage. Do I need a third meat there? I got. I, I, no, that's a little nutritional value. Although, anytime you add bacon, I don't think that you uh, you, you don't it's get not bad. Yeah. You don't get points deducted for adding bacon. Uh, send us what you're cooking this weekend on the Ceasefire text line six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. Dwayne and Brandon said he's doing a shrimp, crab meat, and corn chowder. That looks really good. Really, really good. Um. Walter in LaGrange, Tennessee, listening. He says, we've had snow on the ground since Monday. The best we can do is a can of steak and shake chili with hot dogs, chopped onions, and sharp cheddar cheese. Doesn't sound bad. Doesn't sound bad at all. Um, man, look at those beef ribs. Who is it? I wish we had a name to uh, to go with this. Do we? I'm trying to see if we scrolled some back. Baked sweet potato and some rice. Looks mm. good. A little salad on the uh, on the side. 
Porky, you're talking about the salmon. I, I guess I've got two different ways that I do the salmon. And I usually, um, maybe exclusively, do it on the grill. But I'll do kind of like a, a sweet version of it where I do a mix of honey and mustard with some uh, Lowry seasonal kind of whipped up and then brush it with that. And then the, the non-sweet version is a little bit of olive oil, some uh, kosher salt, like like bigger the bigger salt. What am I trying to say there? Like uh, the flaky know, salt? That's flaky, best for steak, Like a flaky salt. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, Tony C's has been really, really good on the salmon, which gives it a little spicier taste, which yeah. you might not want to go for, or, or James might not want to go for. So certainly understand it. It's funny that you say that about James Lake and Fish. Obi loves salmon. If salmon is an option on the menu, if we go out somewhere, he is 100% that. And it's so easy to make good and very hard to make bad. Like, you really got to screw up to screw up a salmon. Yeah, just don't overcook it. And even if you do, it's like... It's not terrible. It's still edible. Yeah. yeah. Um... Taylor was the one that sent us the picture of the beef ribs. They look uh, they look really, really good. Um, we got dinner going in the crock pot tonight. Uh, Jane did it this morning, put uh, chicken breast in the crock pot along with uh, some cut-up bell peppers and some onion in there, and we're going to do uh, homemade chicken fajitas tonight. Nice. One, I needed sour cream when I went to the uh, the grocery store the other day, and they were... When I say limited, the, the, there was only one option. Now, it was the, the Daisy sour cream. It is the largest tub of sour cream I've seen in my life. It's like a gallon and a half bucket of sour cream. <laughs> if you don't go through that fast enough, it'll turn fresh. Yeah. Uh, we will not finish the, uh, finish the tub of sour cream before it needs to be disposed of. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll use what It's like you need to be hosting a baked potato party or something. To uh, to have that much sour cream, uh, or, or potato party, e- either that or uh, yeah, I should suggest Make a sour this cream t- cake. I, I was going to say sour cream pound cake is really good. Nate Montgomery, yeah. my my oldest daughter, makes a killer pound cake. Uh, Dwayne's uh, yeah. it's soup time, so he's oh that's right, he sent us that a second ago. Um, I'm making pork chops tonight with couscous and broccoli. That sounds that sounds good. I'm not a big couscous guy. No, I love it. It's low calorie too. Yeah, be hard to cook tomorrow. Might do uh, might do something on Sunday on the on the grill. But uh, I will be spending the day in Starkville tomorrow. I'm either going to go late tonight or early in the morning, and then basketball, and get home. Probably too late to start by the time I get home. What are you laughing at? Yeah, great place to be. Sure. Let's keep. Waiting on you to offer to buy my lunch tomorrow, but it's all right. We'll, we'll figure out. Something. I mean, I, I don't know what time you're getting into town. I'll buy your lunch. Yeah, I don't know if that uh, if time will allow for that tomorrow. I mostly just wanted to give you a. Hard was, that's time. what I was thinking with two thirty tip. I yeah. figure unless you're going to get there like right at eleven. State's got their shoot around at eight forty five in the morning, and that'll be about an hour and fifteen minutes or so, and then have to be back at the arena about twelve thirty or so. So. Maybe a little window in there. We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk off air. Uh, Food Friday Shoot me is, a text. is brought to you by Polk's, Polk'sMeat.com. Check them out online. But be sure when you go to the grocery store, you're looking for Polk's Meat, a Mississippi company, great partner and friend of ours, longtime sponsor on the show. 
And uh, we're not just telling you that because of that. It's just good. All of their smoked sausage varieties are good. I gotta find some of the small ham again, like the the biscuit size ham. That was uh, one of the very first things that I tried from Polk's, and I've I've had trouble finding it. So gotta get some of the uh, the small ham steaks that are perfect for biscuits. Great morning, weekend breakfast uh, item if you want to do that. Uh, you will love it. Uh, the yellow, bright yellow packaging with Polk's and red trimmed in blue. You'll see it. It stands out in the meat case. If you can't find it, find the manager of the meat department and ask him why. Because picky people pick Polk's. Food Friday brought to you by Polk's. We'll wrap things up with you coming up next right here in the Pearl River Resort Studio. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Mississippi, your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Let me put it to you this way. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Time with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV. Randomly, Anthony Edwards came up yesterday on the show. We we're talking just for a minute about NBA. The former Georgia star turned into a uh, top five pick. Borky and Haydad were both talking about how good he's been in the NBA and how maybe we didn't really see that coming in his one year at Georgia. All he did last night was make one of the most ridiculous plays I've ever seen. Yeah, he did. So he's got a little one-on-one going out at the top of the key, being guarded, drives, stops, keeps his dribble alive, and it's like a little – it's some fancy dribbling. Like like he's kind of got, got his defender on skates. I don't know who was guarding him. doesn't matter. Stops just outside the free throw line, gives a shot fake, Gets the guy in the air, but he actually defended it pretty well. Leans to his right. Looks like he's going to take an off-balance shot, but instead he just push-passes the ball up off the backboard to himself, catches it in the air, and dunks it with two hands. How many times did you lower your basketball hoop to seven feet and do that in your driveway? That was like a daily occurrence for me. Yeah, but but when you did that, it was an underhand toss. Yep. You tried to get it right off the backboard, and you tried to catch it just above the rim. It wasn't against the most athletic people in the world, leaning to the side, throwing it forward off the backboard, grabbing it, and flushing it with two hands on not a seven-foot rim. It was incredible. I love seeing bench reactions and stuff like that. The, the Timberwolves bench absolutely loses it. They're just like... What? what did he do? Yeah. Can't believe he did that. You had Kevin Harlan and uh, Reggie Miller on the call, and they were just about as dumbfounded. That's the as, right guy. As everybody that was watching it. it Kevin was, Harlan is the right guy to have for a dunk like that. He is yeah. absolutely the right guy. 
No question. Um, don't forget that Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by M-Trade Park. It may be cold outside. There may be ice on the ground outside right now. But in just a few weeks, the spring season will be wide open at M-Trade Park, whether it's baseball tournaments, fast pitch tournaments, or uh, soccer tournaments. They will all be going on. If you're involved in scheduling for your son or daughter's team, be sure you're checking out the events page with uh, all of the upcoming events at M-Trade Park. There's a full schedule right there online. Go to mtradepark.com. Great facility. You can catch all the things that are going on in Oxford, plus have the uh, the youth sports tournaments as well. mtradepark.com. If you're going to play, play mtrade. Talked about hoops tomorrow. Mississippi State and Vanderbilt, 2.30, SEC Network game tomorrow. And uh, you got Ole Miss in the night game on the road against Auburn, 7.30, part of a quadruple header on the SEC Network. Uh, so tons and tons of basketball tomorrow. I think it's going to be a fun day in the, uh, in the SEC. You look at that matchup between Alabama and Tennessee, that one's good. South Carolina and Arkansas could be a lot of fun. Georgia goes to Kentucky. I think there's a 5 o'clock start for that one. It's a good day of basketball in the SEC and across the country. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm excited to see if, if Mississippi State can avoid the net bomb. We'll find out about their team's maturity, I think. That would be the, the word to use uh, tomorrow. If they come out and play and play well and take care of business, you might not have like the most raucous home environment because of the opponent. Also, maybe... People not wanting to travel because of the weather, and so if, if they show up and they play and they execute and they play well, uh, that'll sell uh, tell you a lot about their team. And for Ole Miss, you got a free shot. I mean, I know that they're really disappointed about the way they played in Baton Rouge. Do they recover from that play well and go steal one that nobody expects them to steal in uh, in Auburn? You know, last time we saw Ole Miss get blown out, they, they got blown out at Tennessee. And they came back and they played really, really well and got the home win against Florida. Now the key, I think, was that it was at home. Then they followed it up with the win against Vanderbilt to get the 2-1. and one. They go on the road and they get popped in the mouth a little bit by LSU. LSU played really well. It'll be interesting to see if Chris Beard can get his team to bounce back the way they did from their first loss of the season in the next game um, with second loss. Only problem is... It's probably the most difficult environment to play in in the SEC against one of, if not the most talented teams in the SEC. Huge challenge for Ole Miss tomorrow night on the road against Auburn. They somehow got that one. Look out. That would be a beautiful win on the resume. Thanks for being with us all week long. Uh, it continues to be cold outside. Make sure you're taking care of your pets, your plants. Either they're going to make it or they're not at this point. You've already done that. Uh, but be sure you're taking care of the, the pets. Stay warm this weekend. Be careful if you're on the road. Still some really bad spots out there in terms of ice and snow that's lingering and probably is going to refreeze tonight. Enjoy your weekend. For Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross. We'll be back with you on Monday. Good night from the Pearl River Resort Studio.
Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.